Ahead, I can see the beacon. I'm almost there. I hesitate. There is something about the way they stand beside each other at the beacon and lay hands on the stone that is completely private. I sense I must not disturb this final moment of their pilgrimage, for I know in my heart that it is a pilgrimage that has brought them here. As I watch, they take something out of one of the rucksacks. It's a jar. Then they open the lid and scatter the ashes to the wind. She loved it here, says Michael, when finally I join them. We've been planning this since she died two years ago. We were waiting for it to feel the right time to let her go. We've left messages from her, added Peter. All the things Mum said to us when she knew she was dying. I cannot say a word. I shake my head at them when they ask if I'd like to go down the hill with them and have supper in the village below. Join us later, says Michael. We'll be there all evening. Peter has a new invention he wants to share with you. He smiles gently. I watch them scramble down the hillside. The rain has stopped. I crouch down and open my own rucksack. Inside... I have Roger, or rather, Roger's ashes, which I have carried in my own jar all the way from Overton Hill. Not out of love, like Michael and Peter, but out of rage. This journey is the kind of thing he would hate, and this place is the last spot in the world he would want to be scattered. I had planned to punish him in the one way left to me. I'm ashamed of myself. <sighs> Don't worry, Roger, I say, putting the jar back in the rucksack. I'm going to take you home and find a nice place in the cemetery and a neat memorial plaque to mark the spot properly. There, on the far rim of the Chilterns, I forgive him. And down in the valley, a white horse leaps and gallops across the hills as it has always done.